So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast, everyone. Happy Tuesday if you're joining us live, and we appreciate that you do. Uh, We are back with another terrific episode this week. We are talking pivots. Pivot! Yes. Pivot! Jake? Sorry. My (laughs) co-host? I get excited when I hear that word. You did. I I have a question, though. Uh, Where's the headband? (gasps) <gasps> oh no i forgot the pivot oh, headband way to go I'm the worst i ruined You're... it i'll post a picture of me later uh trying to maneuver <laughs> my own couch as a promo for this how about that oh oh that would be great yeah reenact that entire scene you and emily can uh not the reenact. whole scene yeah just try to take your couch up the stairs and <laughs> Have the camera set up so you can you, you know how thing. windy my stairs are. It would be very accurate from a schematic point. And, well, that's and I'm the whole not idea. Willing. I'm not willing to do it. I'm sorry. Oh, come I, on. I do a lot of things for this podcast. <laughs> that's not that, going to be not, one of them. That's not one of them? No, oh. that's not. Wah, wah. But yeah, <laughs> um, if you all haven't guessed, we are, we're talking pivots this week. We're each going to take a, a couple players here and and – Players you you would think that you should be starting, whether they're your studs or um, they've been doing really well to date, but pivot away from them for one reason or another. Before we get into that, let's talk about our beer of the week here, Jake. Um, I provided the beer this week. I'm very excited about it. I'd never seen this beer before, uh, which says a lot since I drink New Glarus beers all the damn time. So this yeah, is two Glarus. things, uh, right? Two things about this out of the gate before we even talk about the beer. One, we love New Glarus, and not just because of Spotted Cow, although all folks outside of Wisconsin know New Glarus because Spotted Cow is like gold everywhere beyond the border because they can only sell it in Wisconsin. But two, we love Doppelbox. So we love mm-hmm. both of those things. And so it shocked me that neither of us knew about this beer before tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So as Jake said, uh, it is a Doppel. Uh, this is called Gyrator, and it's got a big blabbermouth bass uh, on the front uh, label. Um, but yeah, nice dark beer or doppel color, nice brown color. Doppeling color, that is brown. Yeah, smells uh, very caramely. In your crayon like. box, look for the doppel color. That should be uh, the medium brown, I think. Well, it's very caramel it heavy. Great, malty. It straight up smells like uh, one of those caramel squares. You know, mm-hmm. like those old school, like uh, your grand folks would have them sitting in the hard candy dish kind Where of. Where there's original, so like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit borderline butterscotch, but yeah, true. same, true, same idea that, though, for sure. In, in that wheelhouse, yeah, it's it's all right. It's a little, a little that's too real sweet. malty. It's real little sweet for me. Um, yeah, I don't get mm-hmm. any hops. Like there's there's no no hot bitterness to it. It's it's all sweet bomb. 
No. Can I, while you're indulging in one, I want to read this uh, description here. Close to brewmaster Dan Carey's heart, this doppelback's journey began with Dan's rediscovery. I love when beers put their entire backstory on the label, like with the recipes. You know, you ever look Mm -hmm. up a recipe and you have to read through like 18 pages of a novel before you get to the actual recipe. That's what's going on here. Um, But essentially... He likes it because uh, it's lagered for 10 weeks in the cellar. Then it's rested in the bottle for six months for mature mm. flavor perfection. Well, it is mature. You can taste the maturity in it. Yuck. <laughs> that's that's the worst way you've ever described a beer. I'm pretty no. sure. No. Um, as far as doppels go, this isn't my favorite one I've ever had. Uh, it's kind of yeah. middle of the road. Glad I only bought a, a twofer there, one for you and one for me, because I don't know that I'll go back to it and go purchase one necessarily. A uh, little disappointing after that great New Glarus uh, Peach Berliner Weiss I had this weekend. That was just so goddamn delightful. You went all in on New Glarus. Uh, mm-hmm. That is disappointing, because we, again, love New Glarus, love, love Doppels. This was not a match made a in heaven, either but it should have been. I'd, I'd give it, I don't know, two and three quarters. Out of what? It's, it's out of five. Out of five. Well, so what is that? Out of ten? Out of a hundred? Out of a million? I mean, what, 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 what was the scale? What kind of scales have you used historically? Who judges things out of a million, Dustin? What? What's your? You know, I'm going to start judging things. Just I'm going to start judging everything out of a scale of a one to a million. Enjoy. Enjoy your solidarity in that, because I will not I be doing it. <laughs> Out of five, though, what would you give this guy? Uh, probably yeah, like two and a quarter. Yeah, you. Oh, that. Yeah, you're real. I'm not real low on it. I'm, I'm not overly blown. Can I tell scared. you then? This is the best night that I have a reserve old fashioned sitting here. I have no doubt. The wife had made before I came up here, and I had half of one still sitting here, so it's going to guide me through this podcast don't you worry oh thank goodness <laughs> glad i didn't ruin your night jake i'm sorry i should make i should have her make one right now walk it over to your doorstep and then have your wife transport it from the doorstep into your sound booth where you're currently recording that wouldn't be weird at all no not at all yeah Mm, All right, we're not no. going to do that. <laughs> but All right. what we are going to do is get into this beer bet payout because mm-hmm. uh, a streak is broken. It is. Just like my, well, I, should, I was going to say your my heart? fantasy will to live, but uh, oh, no, I actually I had a say good weekend fantasy-wise. I had a really good weekend fantasy-wise, so yeah. I, can't, you, I can't complain. You won in our home league very narrowly. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford gave you some palpitations, I'm sure, with Ugh. all of the sacks and picks that he was throwing because our league so horribly takes away points from quarterback position more than any other league I've ever been in. But you won that. What mm-hmm. you didn't happen to win is our beer bet, which is True. fine. I've lost the last couple of weeks. And just like is becoming tradition, though, with this segment, Last week's beer bet payout did not actually roll through. So we no, had initially it's... said, right? Noah Fant versus Dallas Goddard. Well, like, well, that's a fun matchup. Mm-hmm. And then Dallas Goddard gets ruled out midway through the first quarter. It was literally couldn't even complete a quarter. And the alert shows up on my phone. As the Noah Fant guy, you have to at least give me this small prop. I, I saw the alert and I immediately said, Dustin, we got to do a different bet. 
I didn't want to win that way. That would have been rude, egregious. You essentially won in the same way. Let's be honest with the way my (laughs) my player uh, uh, performed this week. But yeah, in and in line with this week's episode, we pivoted. Boom! Uh, It's like we uh, knew. Yeah. So so Jake threw out some options for the late afternoon games, Sunday night, Monday night game, and decided to go with Kelsey versus Waller. Figuring two great tight ends should be a great matchup. High-powered yeah. offenses, you know what? What? What's not to like about this? So, as it was my bet, Jake got to choose the side. Chose Travis Kelsey. Um, so, if you haven't guessed by now, Jake won this. Uh, Kelsey had nineteen point nine points, and Waller had six point four. Oh, so one had a bounce back, one not quite as much. That's right. So, Jake. You're an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Congratulations, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. I love you slamming that thing down. What what, what was in the shot glass this time? Fireball. <laughs> you should have an endorsement from Fireball at this point. Mm-hmm. How much you you slam that goodness down? Or I want to I want to go out and you know you got to uh, you went you won. In our home league, I won mm-hmm. in my in our home league. I, I got the first high score that I've had all hey, year. Congratulations this week, despite the fact that I like an idiot bench CD Lamb. But I also, you know, one of our favorite things to do is side bets. Obviously, this whole segment mm-hmm. is dedicated to side bets. But I had a side bet with the guy I was going against in our league. Nate uh, was lucky enough to win that. I know you won the last one against Nate too. I did. Your Nate side is over. So we're going to have to get uh, some video footage of him in this uh, eventually paying off those bets because that's going to be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, dare we venture into the next segment? Drunk, 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 of the week. This week's drunk trade is is very fun uh, and very intensive. So there's a lot of players, right? This is this is no small pittance. You know, last week we talked about that group who just basically did a, a worse player shifted to the left kind yep. of deal. This is not that. This is not definitely not that. This is a this big com- boy trade. Oh yeah. So this comes from at dynasty underscore dill d y l on Twitter. Context here: This is a twelve team tiered PPR superflex. I'll be honest, I don't know what a tiered PPR is. My assumption is it involves like an extra half point for catches for tight ends, that kind of a thing. Uh, but I, I, I'm honestly not sure. It could be, or, maybe, or maybe like a point per carry type league for running backs. Or maybe Absolutely. it's after a certain Something number. positionally. Yeah, maybe after think. a certain number of catches, you get an X bump of points per reception or something. So maybe after like five receptions, you get an extra like quarter point per reception after that. It's kind of like a tiered thing. I don't know. There's a lot of us. Or as in our home league, where after you get so many yards, you Mm -hmm. get a a bonus. It's hard to say. It could mean anything. Uh, It could even mean a boat. So decide what you want it to be, listener. Uh, But the context here additionally is I got drunk. And made two simultaneous trades this weekend. This weekend meaning last weekend because this did come in last week. But we had another one on the docket before that. Uh, This person who submitted is rebuilding. Big emphasis there. 
Mm-hmm. So the accumulation of both of these trades looks like this. They gave away Russell Wilson, Cooper Cup, the wide receiver one on the year, David Montgomery, and the 2022 fourth round pick. Basically a throwaway. They received in total Tua Tagovailoa, DJ Moore, your guy, Cortland Sutton, Rashad Bateman, who's becoming my guy, 2022 second round pick that's early and a 2022 second round pick that they think is late and a 2023 second round pick. So three second round picks plus Tua, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Rashad Bateman in exchange for Russell, Cooper Cup, David Montgomery and a fourth. Mm -hmm. Dustin, this is a lot. So out of the accumulation of these two trades, uh, is there anything that sticks out to you? Well, this is obviously very much a contender versus rebuilding team. As as, as he said there, he is rebuilding. Um, so I think it was a good move for him as someone that is trying to rebuild and obviously not going for a championship. Uh, we know Russell just came off of the injury, so he wasn't scoring points for him anyway. But um, sounds like he doesn't want to score any points here for the rest of the season. Not that these pieces right. aren't scoring points. Let's let's be honest. But he's definitely a uh, trade for the future. So. Yeah, I think he. I think it's a good trade for both sides. Um, I, I, I think he probably gave up a little bit uh, and didn't receive value back necessarily, like immediate value. Um, just with Cooper Cup being the wide receiver one, as you said, I mean he is just on fire this year. He'll probably perform at a very high level next year as well maybe not wide receiver one level but you know we'll still be a very good wide receiver russell not worried about him he's going to come back and do russell wilson things david montgomery he should be what low end rb1 high end rb2 the remainder of the season mm-hmm. like you said the fourth is throwaway wouldn't even put that in there so i mean you're getting a lot of stud pieces here uh for your team i mean tua you gotta like what you've seen here in in spurts from him for the season, DJ Moore, love DJ Emphasis Moore. Emphasis in spurts for Tua, for sure. But yeah, yeah. Uh, DJ Moore. I mean, I think he's undervalued in, in most circles here. I, I really like him. Cortland Sutton, as you've said, is my guy. Uh, he's young. Really like him. Rashad Bateman. He's looked really good uh, coming back from injury, and then three second round picks. Um, I love it. I mean, I think it's a good trade for both sides. I can't really say it's a bad bad trade for one or the other uh, especially in the context that if you're rebuilding and the other team's trying to, to go for a ship works out well for both teams yeah i'd love to see what these trades looked up uh individually you know i'd mm-hmm. like to see how this all worked out because i'd be very right. curious to see you know who was giving what individually but all together you hit the nail on the head now i i do think Maybe if you took David Montgomery off of his give and Mm -hmm. honestly, Russell Wilson and Cooper cup at this point could be pretty close to getting that return. And I only say that because, you know, prior to this week, Cam Newton was not the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, which we did not talk about up top, but uh, he's back. Cam is back. Uh, I know you were very, very high on Cam Newton coming into the season. So you have to be happy that he's now, at the head of the uh, the Panthers there. So that does increase DJ Moore's value, no? I think so. I mean, um, I know DJ Moore, like, 
it's tricky because we saw Cam, you know, vulture couple touchdowns here this weekend from CMC. You know, he likes to run it when he gets around the end zone. So, I mean, with DJ Moore, he's going to get his yards, but I think you're hoping that, you know, there'd be a quarterback there that would throw the ball downfield a little bit and allow him to maybe score some touchdowns outside of the red zone. Uh, But I think once they get into the red zone, it's either going to be CMC or um, Cam from this point forward. So maybe, you know, you don't, you don't have that touchdown upside with DJ Moore, but that hasn't been as, mo for his entire career so (laughs) yeah i you know it's just unfortunate that you're you know i think we were hoping with darnold that you'd have that extra little upside to him with with the touchdowns but um dj moore is still going to be fine even with cam there i mean he's he's the number one receiver in that that group so you really have nothing to worry about with him yeah i appreciate that perspective for sure uh and and Cooper Cup, you can say what you want, and maybe some folks don't like the sell high notion mm-hmm. on a on a player like that. Because if you swap out Cooper Cup for Debo Samuel, I don't think either of us would say, "Yeah, we should sell high on Debo Samuel." And so maybe the same rule should apply to Cooper Cup here. Uh, but you know, Cup is obviously older. Uh, n- not like he's gonna all of a sudden hit a cliff next year, but it, it is an extra thing to keep in mind. And if you're rebuilding. You want to get young and Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to talk about him later in this episode because <laughs> I love him. Yeah, he's uh, he's been looking good since he uh, came off IR. I've really liked what I've seen there. Yeah. Overall, I mean, hey, for a drunk trade, to, yeah, I like two it. drunk trades technically to go this well mm-hmm. for both parties or all three parties, I guess. That's that's not a small feat. So mm-hmm. congratulations to all three of you that were involved in this. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I like it. Uh, as far as drunk trades go, this is a mwah, chef's kiss. It is a great trade both ways. I love it. Yeah, next time maybe we'll get one that we can rag on a little easier. We'll hope. We'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, before we jump into the pivots outright here, let me take the small opportunity to let you know that this week's episode of DTFF is brought to you by Poor Richard's Farm. Offering 100% grass-fed beef snack sticks, Poor Richard's Farm, you should know them and love them by this point. With as much as we've been ringing this bell, you should have had a good portion of beef sticks in your tummy by now. But if you haven't, let me say why you should. They have all natural ingredients, no fillers, no artificial preservatives, but they have some of the tastiest damn beef sticks this side of the uh, Mason-Dixon line, I guess. Uh, they are smoked with real hardwood chips. They come in a variety of flavors. You got barbecue hickory, Tex-Mex mesquite, teriyaki maple, and the OG original flavor. They're all delicious. should love them all. Uh, head on over to poorrichardsfarm.com today. Get free shipping when you buy three or more packs of their delicious all-natural beef sticks. Just do it. You're going to be so happy you did. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Jake. All right, let's move in here. Pivots for the... Now, I, I think we we were looking at this a little bit differently when we were filling out the show sheets since, you know, we're, we're dumb boys and we don't communicate well, uh, <laughs> as, as dumb boys tend, tend to do. So, um, yeah, I think you were looking a little bit more short-term in your pivots. I was looking more long-term kind of the next few weeks, maybe till the end of the season here at the Fantasy Playoffs and everything. 
Uh, don't put words in my mouth, option. though, by the way. I could be oh. looking at this long term. Don't, a- okay. don't act like you know me. I said Austin. I think. <laughs> Didn't I say I think? I'm pretty sure I said I, I think. Know. I'm not positive. I've had too many old fashions. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> uh, but I will extrapolate this if necessary. No, but I mean, ideally, though, the, uh, the, the thought here is, of course, you want these guys for the next week or two weeks. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, if you need to, I think that uh, all all of these guys we're going to co- talk about can be stretched out through the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, we split it up. We're each going to take two positions here. Jake, why don't you start us off with the glory position of the quarterback? I appreciate you giving me this, and not just because I get the quarterback position, but because by rule of uh, uh, alternates, I don't have to get the tight end position. <laughs> Which, let's well, be honest, that's that's the greatest gift you could have given me. Well, I was just being polite. Let's be honest. I could have taken whatever positions I wanted since I came up with the show sheet and you left have. you with the garbage, but I didn't because I'm a great host. Slash that's co-host. what I appreciate about you, Dustin. Uh, to pull a reference that I know you appreciate, but if we're looking at quarterback, there's one guy that needs to stand out. There's a couple of guys I flirted with putting in here, and uh, I- I'm going to briefly mention them. Of course, I-, I don't want this to just be one for one necessarily, because there's there's a few quarterbacks that should be giving you pause right now. But I think at the top of that list has to be Justin Herbert. So Justin Herbert has been uh, good. Not great for fantasy. And, and I think the same should apply for real life NFL at this point. He's definitely had games that reminded mm-hmm. you of why you drafted him so high this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, of course, he came on like wildfire. He was the rookie that kind of jumped off the page. And a lot of folks had looked over, quite frankly. But this year, you just expected the the moon for Justin Herbert. Hasn't quite been that way. He's quarterback 16 in points per game over the last four games. And uh, I think most concerning is that he is super boomer bust right now. You either get that glory game that that gives you the good feels, you know, a top five performance, or you're scraping the bottom of the barrel or pretty close to it. He's the guy now who needs really good matchups. And even the best matchup doesn't make him a given de facto top tier guy. He he got to play some pretty good matchups. Like Baltimore mm-hmm. is not a bad matchup for quarterbacks and he didn't deliver for you. Now he, for this week in the short term, playing against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's allowed the eight fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. So that sucks. So that's not a position where you're coming off this this last four games feeling good about that matchup. And Mike Williams, concurrently, I thought about listing Mike in my wide receiver spot, but I just want to bunch them together because I do think it's a big factor. Mike Williams has been the exact same way. Mm -hmm. So his number two wide receiver looked dynamite coming out of the gate this year. Like at his ADP made us all feel like fools. You know, he's going in the in the 40s, I think, for wide receivers. And then the first three weeks out of the bat, he just puts up dominant performance after dominant performance. We're like, all right, we all fucked up on on Mike Williams. That's on us. And then Mike Williams faded pretty quick. And he got 
decimated by like a five foot nine corner in like week four. And then we're like, whoa, okay, is Mike going to be all right? And it didn't, it didn't uh, give me enough pause until a couple weeks later when Mike had more bad performances. And Justin Herbert then seemed to coincide with those bad performances. Keenan Allen is amazing. Let me get that out of the way. Austin mm-hmm. Eckler is amazing. Mm-hmm. But with only those two guys doing you know, their best, it does seem like Justin Herbert is struggling when he doesn't have that third option. And so until he does, uh, Jared Cook certainly is, is not that third option at tight end. What? I, I'm, I know. I know. <laughs> I loved him. I loved him so much coming into this season, Jared Cook. But he is struggling right now. Justin Herbert is struggling. And so if you are in a position where you need a baseline, you know, you need that 20 points from your quarterback. Justin Herbert right now is not that. And that's a terrifying place to be. But can I interest you in a Cam Newton instead? Uh, this is this is bold. I understand this is bold because Cam Newton did not even start last week in his first game back with the Carolina Panthers. But Cam Newton scored two touchdowns with the Carolina Panthers not starting, being in on 12% of the snaps. Now, I understand this was most likely to sort of uh, warm him up, you know, mm-hmm. get his feet wet again, make him feel good. Right. We're at the goal line. Let's let Cam- you vulture a couple of CMC's dustouts. Yeah, much to my chagrin. Right. But and yeah. also, you know, he hasn't been playing for, you know, quite a bit here. So, you know, like you said, ease him in, let him get back to the game speed and everything. Um, yeah. And important to know that he has been uh, taking all the first string snaps this week and is expected to start. So continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, that's that's very good and very helpful context because Cam Newton gets to play this week, the Washington football team, who unfortunately just lost Chase Young last mm-hmm. week. Uh, he went out late in that game with a non-contact injury. Does not bode well for him. Certainly not for this week, even disregarding you know the rest of the season. But what that means is that Washington's defense, who was just starting to come around, they were just mm-hmm. starting to look good in this last game, now has a huge blow to it, which Washington historically this year, uh, for, you know, for the previous nine weeks, was not good. And I expect them to revert to that terrible uh, defense that we, we saw those first nine weeks. So Cam Newton, we know what his rushing floor is. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It is absolutely amazing the touchdown upside yeah two last week i know those were designed plays you're gonna expect a lot of the same for cam going forward in a team that i think is going to utilize him much better than bill belichick did last year and even last year in the patriots offense cam newton he looked rough uh in terms of the passing touchdowns i understand that his completion percentage was still magnificent it was a career high he can still throw the ball. I think that narrative, which we talked about earlier in this uh, uh, season, was kind of a busted narrative. It didn't make sense that people were just saying he lost it. He didn't lose it. He was just in a different system. It was weird. He's mm-hmm. back. 
in a somewhat familiar system with a much better group around him than he had last year in yes, New England. That is 100% accurate. Oh, I'm excited for Cam Newton going forward. I picked him up in our home league uh, right before kickoff. I dropped Chuba Hubbard for Cam Newton, and I'm expecting him to finish the rest of this season as a top 12 guy. Whew, I love it. Yeah, Love it. Yeah, I love everything you said, uh, especially when you're looking for a – late season here pickup that is a starting quarterback. I mean, those just don't fall out of the sky every day. So uh, yeah, I think that is a really good choice. And like you said, he's got a great baseline with his rushing uh, upside there. So love it, love it, love it, love it. All right. Since you had the quarterbacks, I get the running backs. Now I know this is going to sound controversial when I, I bring this up and, and talk about it. Uh, because this player is one of the studs at running back. But his schedule for the rest of the season is not that great. And, and that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at here the next few weeks plus the fantasy playoffs. So I'm talking about Mr. Dalvin Cook. I know. He is amazing. I mean, he's... Where is he? Well... Last few weeks, he hasn't been performing as well. Um, he's outside the top 12 over the last few weeks. But here's his schedule for the remainder of the season. He's got Green Bay twice, which Green Bay's defense, somewhere out of the blue, has turned into a really solid defense. He's got San Shocking. Francisco, which has been getting better as of late. Detroit, okay, that's the one outlier here of the group. But then you got Pittsburgh, you got Chicago twice, and the Rams. So, I mean, that is not a string of really good defenses to be facing. And, yes, will Delvin Cook probably be fine? Probably. I mean, he, he's a stud for a reason. But you can't just overlook these defenses. Uh, I mean, we talked about it last year with David Montgomery, how, how great his fantasy season to finish the year was, how you need to start him because it's the easy, easy run in the playoffs. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had an easy second half of the season last year. We saw what he did the second half of the season. I think it goes the other way, too, with the defenses that they have to face. If they're playing tough defenses, you need to be concerned about that because um, most likely those defenses are very good and they're going to be put in negative game scripts where they're not going to be running the ball as much. And while Delvin Cook does catch the ball out of the backfield, he's not known as a receiving back per se. It's just not the high the, the the high point of his game. He's not a Christian McCaffrey or like even Joe Mixon this year has been catching the ball quite a bit out of the backfield. Um, he's he's just not known for that. So all that being said, the player I think we should be targeting, and I love his schedule coming up. And I know he's in a timeshare, but I well that's not probably going to change for the rest of this season. I do think he's going to be very fantasy viable, and he's been having great output this season. And that's Javante Williams with Denver. Uh, like I said, I know he's, he's in a timeshare with, with Melvin Gordon, but right now they're both top 24 running backs. So, I mean, Denver is just running the ball, running it very efficiently, very well. Uh, the big difference between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon right now, over the last four weeks, uh, you've got Melvin Gordon. He's ranked 25 overall. Um, and you've got Javante Williams down at 44. The big difference there is that Melvin Gordon has scored three touchdowns 
while Javante hasn't scored any. And Javante is kicking the crap out of yards per carry and um, the receiving work, just all the other metrics. Javante Williams has has been killing it. He just hasn't been quite – he hasn't been hitting the goal line um, rushing for whatever reason. Uh, but the fantasy schedule for the rest of the year looks really good for him. So they're on a buy this week. So this might be the perfect opportunity to buy if you have an opponent that uh, or someone else in your league that's looking for – points for this week if they're not looking ahead take advantage make a trade for javante williams since he's on by this week if you can squeeze um not having uh, those points on your on your roster for this week but he's got the chargers twice kc twice detroit cincinnati and vegas none of those are you know stout defenses by any stretch of the imagination and he should be able to run wild and, and catch a lot of balls out of the backfield and, and do things that he's been doing. And hopefully we can cross our fingers for rational coaching and that they put the better running back in because Javante has looked better by any any metric you want to look at. And even the eye test, like he has just looked so good, so explosive, but he's stuck in that timeshare. And I think a lot of us were expecting as the year gone on, Javante would get more and more involved and Melvin Gordon would kind of take that back seat. I think I still think that that could happen here down the stretch. So that is my pivot for running back thoughts. Can Jake. I, yeah. Can I take this moment to say uh, one, I know how devastating that is to your ears to hear Dalvin cook be a pivot away from guy. I know, uh, but I do want to take this opportunity, e- even though I don't necessarily agree 100% with what you said, that if you are basing your lineup decisions at this point in the season on who is the biggest name or who is the traditionally their X number of running back, receiver, quarterback, et cetera, then you're doing it wrong, I feel. At this point in the season, there are plenty of guys who started off coming into the season as you got to start them no matter what. There's plenty of guys by week 10, week 11 that are no longer that guy. Now, I don't know that Dalvin Cook is that guy at this point where I, where I would be comfortable sitting him. Well, you know, here, here, or, or not sitting him, but you know what I mean? Right. Pivoting away to so, Javante so, Williams. Here, here's a little something more for context. Currently, just total points on the season. Dalvin Cook is 22nd overall. Is that in points per game or is that in, in total? Uh, in total. Games? In total. Okay. Points per game. Let's refresh the page here. Do, 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 do. Um, Dalvin Cook is 15th. So it bumps him up a little bit. Still only an RB2, though. Not where you drafted him and not what you were hoping for this season from him. No, certainly not what you were hoping. And, and um, I do think part of that is just like the touchdowns haven't been there for it. And I think that's probably why we differ, because I do think the touchdown should hopefully get there for him. But that's still a hope at this point, mm-hmm. you know, because Adam Thielen has been actually the touchdown vulture in Minnesota. You know, he's a wide receiver, but like he is getting all those looks. So that is a, a big time bummer. Yeah, I, I still love Javante Williams. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I actually, maybe it's my Badger bias. I mean, you have one, but I think you're probably just pushing it to the side. But I love Melvin Gordon so much. I don't want to admit that Javante uh, could overtake him 
in the the second half or, or really the last third of the season mm-hmm. and it's it's probably coming so that's that's scary i'm gonna start dalvin cook because i'm an asshole and uh i can't it's for my own personal i can't be the guy who's not that you would ever sit dalvin cook i just mean in terms of like He's going to be my RB1 because if he does really well, I'm going to feel like an asshole for downgrading him, <laughs> you know, because it's Dalvin Cook. It's the Saquon Barkley principle. You know, if right. he starts, then I have to treat him as an RB1, no matter what, no matter what all of the metrics say, uh, mm-hmm. just because I'm, I'm kind of a dumb-dumb sometimes. <laughs> well, and you know what? I didn't, I didn't want to go uh, softball on these either. I mean, these, these are, these are out-of-the-box uh, thinking here. As far as who you can pivot to. Yes. I mean, I could have been like, I could have been like, oh, pivot away from Delvin Cook and take Christian McCaffrey. He's back from injury. He's going to be the RB1 the rest of the season. Well, yeah, that's easy. We don't want easy. Come on. Pivot away from Devontae Booker and go start Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. I mean, you should do that. Also, but, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to get hard in the paint like Ross from Friends did in that scene. You know, he was in it. He was stressed at the time. He didn't feel that comfortable. We shouldn't no. have to feel that comfortable either. But I that's do right. want to talk about, and this is going to be a little uncomfortable, when I talk about my wide receiver pivot. Uh, because if you have been rostering Terry McLaurin, wide receiver for the Washington football team, to this point, You've been sometimes happy, but he has also not lived up to his draft expectation. He's not lived up to his ADP. Terry McLaurin has five games out of 10 uh, with fewer than 10 fantasy points this season. Or I should say with exactly 10 points or just under 10 points. He just barely cracked double digit points last week in what I think is a favorable matchup against Tampa Bay. The bucks have been very good against the run basically the entire season. And they have therefore been forced to give up some extra work to the receivers. Didn't work out for Terry last week, at least not like you want it to. There is, there's been no boom game for Terry McLaurin, where you're like, yep, that justified me taking him in fourth round at best, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably even had to go a little bit earlier. Now, this week, short term, he has to play Carolina. They're allowing the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Just talked about Cam Newton, who gets to be on the opposite side of that matchup. What you could hope for here is that it's it's Cam. It's not Sam Darnold. So, you know, maybe Carolina's running away with it. And now the quarterback has to look to Terry McLaurin often in the third and fourth quarter to try and play makeup. That's your best case scenario. But for the rest of this season, you are not getting a consistent wide receiver producer like you hoped with Terry McLaurin. Part of that could be, and I certainly think so, is Ryan Fitzpatrick got injured week one. He's the guy who's going to sling it downfield to Terry McLaurin. Taylor Heineke, Fitzpatrick's substitute since then, he's just not that guy. Doesn't mean he can't throw it downfield, but he's just as likely to take it with his legs as he is to dump it off to the tight end as he is to throw it downfield. And that's hurt Terry McLaurin. 
So right now, he's more of a fringe wide receiver too. He's a matchup dependent wide receiver too. And uh, there's guys that right now you should be going out and trying to get if they're not on your your roster. Mm -hmm. A guy like Rashad Bateman, who I'm pivoting toward, is likely on your waivers. Uh, well, after this week, he may, may not be on your waivers. I know prior to this week, it was about a 50-50 proposition. Uh, but you could get him off your waivers or you could trade for him still, I believe. So wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. He gets to play Chicago this week. I shouldn't say gets to, but Chicago's not been a, a terrible matchup for wide receivers. What's most important with Bateman is that that entire offense, which has still looked great, I mean, I know Lamar Jackson's had his ups and downs with the Ravens, but that offense in total has looked really good. It goes through three guys on that offense in terms of who's going to catch the ball. It is Mark Andrews, it is Marquise Brown, and it is Rashad Bateman, and nobody else gets involved. Sammy Watkins came back this past week. Folks were worried, is, is Sammy going to take away all that work that Rashad Bateman's gotten over his few healthy starts? No. Sammy's going to fumble the ball. Sammy's going to run the wrong route or, or he's going to drop a ball or he's going to get hurt. Sammy Watkins is not a threat to Rashad Bateman as the number three target mm -hmm. on the Ravens. And you get Lamar Jackson, an improved passer, throwing him the ball in an improved offense for the rest of this season. And there's not a bad matchup on this list or there's not a matchup that I'm like, I won't start Rashad Bateman the rest of the way. I'll start him mm -hmm. every week. Yeah, and I think with what we've seen these last couple of weeks as they've been easing him back and bringing him back from injury, I mean, you can tell why they they took him where they did in the draft. I mean, this this kid is legit. Uh, I know there was a lot of uh, Debbie analysts out there or rookie um, analysts out there that were super high on him, had him very high in their rankings, and you can see why. Like, he's come back since he's healthy, and he's just – done nothing but produce so far and shown those flashes of what we want to see. And I think he's going to uh, supplant uh, Hollywood Brown as the number one option wide receiver option on that team uh, very soon. If he hasn't already in a short time back. So I love that. I love that call. I, I appreciate you that. Cause I know Marquise has still, you know, in the healthy starts that Bateman's had, mm -hmm. he's out targeted him, but it, it hasn't been extravagant to this point. And mm -hmm. I think this la if if anybody watched this past week's game, uh, especially the Ravens were in trouble and they lost that game in part because they didn't let Bateman get involved early. All of his production was in the fourth quarter, basically, and it was stupid. And if uh, Harbaugh's a smart enough coach, he should probably get him involved a little sooner. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So. I'll finish this off with the tight ends that nobody wants to talk about because it's oh, tight come ends. on, it's a very important position, especially it is. now. And I and I think this one's actually fairly interesting and a and a good one here. Um, unlike my my running back one. Um so I've got TJ Hawkinson, who who we're gonna pivot away from. And I know he's everybody's favorite, like he's gonna break out this year, tight end. Jared Goff, he's gonna use him as his as his binky and be the security blanket there. And he's going to catch all these passes because there's no legitimate wide receivers on the team, yada, yada, yada. And yes, with, with our boy Quintez Cephas out, that is true. But 
his schedule is awful. And we, and we've seen him struggle over the last few weeks too. Like he's had a couple really good boom weeks, but for the most part he's struggled. Yeah, he had zero points this week. And his schedule doesn't get much better moving forward. He's got Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota, Denver, which is god awful, Arizona, Atlanta, which has actually been surprisingly good against tight ends. Seattle, not so much. And then Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay has been getting better. So I, I feel like that's going to be a pretty favorable matchup for Green Bay as well. So, I mean, you're only looking at like one, like, quote unquote, favorable matchup. And with the way the lines have been playing lately, I mean, they just, they're not a good team. Obviously, they are defeated at this point with one tie. Uh, hey, they won't be 0-17, so you got to give them that. But, uh, yeah, TJ Hawkinson, I just, it's not going to happen this year, especially with with Goff under quarterback. He needs he needs a, a real quarterback there, someone that's not afraid to throw the ball. That's just not going to happen. So my pivot is Dan Arnold of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dan the man. I know. It's spicy. But over the last four weeks, Dan Arnold is just outside of tight end one territory. He's currently sitting at tight end 13. But you know who's right ahead of him at number 12? Who? It's Hunter Henry. And how has he scored all of his points? Off of touchdowns. Dan Arnold has not had one touchdown in the last four weeks. So we're looking for some positive regression here. He that that's bound to change with his even as bad as that Jacksonville offense is, they're bound to score some touchdowns. And even if they don't, he's been getting a lot of work. Over the last four weeks, he's gotten 29 targets, which is in the top eight for tight ends over the last four weeks. So he's been getting more and more involved in this offense every single week since he'd been traded. And Jacksonville traded for him very early in the season for obvious reasons. They recognize the talent. Uh, they, they recognize the need on that team. It was one of the good decisions that um, Urban Meyer actually made this season was trading for him, assuming it was him and not the GM. Either way, I'll give him credit for this. And he's got a great fantasy schedule here moving forward. Uh, San Francisco, not the best matchup. But you've got Atlanta, the Rams, not great. Tennessee's been good. Houston, Jets, New England, and Indianapolis. So very favorable matchups here to to finish off the season, especially in the fantasy playoffs. I I love those matchups. So he should be continued to be involved. For whatever reason, they're not using LaVisca Chenault. Marvin Jones is doing Marvin Jones things. Uh, Agnew is, you know, taking end arounds to the end zone and, and, being way more involved than anyone expected, but I don't expect those things to continue exception of Marvin Jones. That's I, I love Marvin Jones. Uh, he's just going to continue to do his thing because he's perpetually underrated, but I expect Dan Arnold to continue to be involved and be more and more involved as, as the season progresses here, because he is showing over the last few weeks to be like the one like consistent pass catcher, on the team. So that's why I really like him. I love this. And I, and I was so skeptical of Dan Arnold coming over to the Jaguars a few weeks mm-hmm. back. And then he had a couple of good performances. Like, well, let's see him do it for the long haul. Like I, I still don't yep. want to trust him. I think it is because <laughs> it's urban Meyer. It is. It comes down to urban Meyer, not trusting him. But after four or five weeks, 
you have to give it up for the guy. I just read this on Twitter today, so I wanted to pull it up. Uh, shout out to Jeff Crisco. Dan Arnold has been a top 12 tight end this season more times than Kyle Pitts. That's huge. Wild. It's wild. I mean, no slow start for Kyle Pitts, of course, right. but like, geez, man. Uh, Dan Arnold's the, the freaking truth. So mm-hmm. kudos to you. I can't agree more on that pick. Woohoo. Excellent. Um, I love it. What a, what a great way to end that. Do you have any other players you want to talk about real quickly here? Or shall we move on? Let me tell you just a couple of people that you might want to pivot away from here in my, in my uh, area. Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's bad and injured and Odell being gone. Doesn't seem to make up for it. Carson Wentz. He's bad. He gets bad matchups the rest of the way. So in terms of quarterbacks that you might be looking to move away from, I didn't want to toss those guys out. Uh, I still think cam is better than both rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, it breaks my heart to hear the Wentz one, but you'll have that. That's okay. That's I'll let it slide. <laughs> He's done good in spurts, but I just don't trust him the rest of the way. I know it's hard, hard to trust him. So, um, let's move on to our start of the week and let's re- let's do our review from last week. So Jake, you had Devin Singletary versus the Jets. If Zach Moss is out, Moss played and Singletary finished as RB 22. How do you feel about that call? I mean, in theory, I think I, I had the right idea. You know, Zach Moss being out, I pivoted away from him in DFS when I had Singletary. But it didn't matter. Zach Moss didn't do anything. It was all Matt Breida who stole all of Singletary's work. So, of course, you know, he's an RB2 against a matchup as soft as the Jets. You would expect him to be higher than RB22. So I'm a little bummed, but uh, it's fine. Yep. And I'm a little bummed with mine as well, to say the least. Uh, I had said Mike Gusecki versus Baltimore and had the big 0 0 goose egg on the week. I, I mean, it's tough. To <laughs> but hey, you're talking about TJ Hawkinson previously. They were in good company. Mm-hmm. Both of them put up a zero last week. You don't expect that. I'm sorry. Baltimore is a great matchup <laughs> for tight ends. Gusecki, I think he had like seven targets and not one reception. Oh, yeah, How just often a does that happen? Yeah, don't. I, I wouldn't beat yourself up about that too much. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think everybody would have expected a bigger game. I know I did. So, oh, well, there, there's always on to next week, uh, as uh, Coach Belichick would say. Uh, we're, we're, we're here for next week. So, Jake, who is your start of the week this week? Well, I'm here for this week for David Montgomery, running back for the Chicago Bears, who in his first week back last week, I was a little surprised, actually, at how much he was used. I thought Bears... You know, even with a dumbass head coach would ease him back a little bit more than they did. Instead, Montgomery came back, had a season high in his snap percentage. 85% of snaps played this past week here. There was nothing wrong with David Montgomery. He got 13 rushing attempts. Compare that to, you know, the guy who took over for him in his absence, Khalil Herbert, who looked amazing. I thought he put up 300-yard games, Cleo Mm -hmm. Herbert did, while Montgomery was gone. Didn't matter. They went right back to Montgomery. They let him carry the entire workload. It wasn't an amazing day, but it was a very respectable day. 
he was the only running back to see any targets, which is nice. You know, you're thinking uh, the other guys that were back there, if they're going to work him in a little bit more, David Montgomery might not see that. He did. Um, the Ravens, this matchup this week, they're middle of the road against running backs. It's not really even about the matchup for me. It's just about the confidence, whether justified or not, that the coaching staff has in David Montgomery. So in his second week back here, I expect uh, real big things. He'll be right into that fringe running back one territory. Mm-hmm. I like that call a lot. Uh, my start of the week this week is Mr. DJ Moore, who we touched on earlier this episode. Um, he's going against the Washington football team. As we said, they took a big hit as far as what their their defense with Chase Young uh, going out. Uh, so that'll definitely affect their pass rush. Uh, we got Cam back. Um, I expect, like you said, last week was getting him just, you know, putting the training wheels on, so to speak, just letting him ease into the game. It's going to be full goal for him this week. They're going to have a full game plan for him uh, and, you know, specific plays. He's going to know the playbook better. Um, so DJ Moore, I expect him to eat this week. I just got a feeling it's going to be a DJ Moore week. I think he's going to score some touchdowns this week. And Washington's um, pass defense is second worst in the league. So, I mean, it's it's a very favorable matchup for him. And, I mean, let's be honest, revenge game for Cam Newton going against his former coach, Ron Rivera, right? There Who's going to be that. the beneficiary there? DJ mm-hmm. freaking Moore. How about that? True hey, story. this is a good opportunity to bring this up, though, because, you know, he's become he who should not be named for me for the large mm-hmm. part. But Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson, he's been we talked about him a couple weeks ago. He's one of the biggest disappointments or this entire season for me because I foolishly put my trust back into him. Does Robbie Anderson become a viable fantasy play with Cam Newton back in the fold? No. No, at all. No. Like not even fringe no. flex week territory, you're done. If you're desperate, maybe, but I just, no, I'm out on him. You know how I said two weeks ago I would never be in on Robbie Anderson again? And this is that point where if we were, if we had like a production booth, we could cut to me saying that. Uh, I think (laughs) there's a part of me, not for season long, I'm not trading for him or anything like that, but part of me for like DFS wants to like throw him in to a couple lineups just to see, you know, to flare with him again. You know, I see him across the bar and I remember all the bad times in my head, but there's a part of me that just wants to like put a 10 down on the table and slide it across and be like, Buy that guy whatever he wants. You know, I think that's where I'm at with Robbie Anderson right now. For better or for okay. worse. For better or for worse. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm um, sure it's for worse. So question question in the chat here. Uh, this is from Hollywood. I don't know. With, with the Ulang on top of the, the Y. I don't know how that he's uh, using the Cam Newton font, which I respect. Yes. So it says, Sup guys, who would you Guys, start Miami Patriots or 49ers defense. And then second question, Odell or Allen Robinson? Well, the second part of this is easiest for me uh, because going into this week, uh, Odell is going to be on a bye. So the Rams are on a bye this week. So you cannot start Odell this week. Please don't. Although comparatively, 
don't start Alan Robinson <laughs> either. There has to be somebody on your waiver. Is there something behind door number three? Yeah. I mean, for real, like we talked about it earlier in the show, but if Rashad Bateman's on your waivers for some reason, pick him up. Mm-hmm. If if Elijah Moore is on your waiver somehow, another rookie wide receiver, pick him up. There are options much better than Allen Robinson. Uh, mm-hmm. Donovan Peoples-Jones. There are guys out there, I assure you, that give you a better ceiling than Allen Robinson and a comparable floor. So, yes. I guess my answer is don't start Allen Robinson. You feel no, I okay. agree. You feel no, 100%. Okay. Now it does get a little my, tougher here. What do you think with the defense? Because Patriots get to play Matt Ryan, who just came off of this gigantic stinker last mm-hmm. week against Dallas. Uh, it was miserable for Matt Ryan. The question is, do we expect Matt Ryan to be like that again this week? Uh, we got either the Niners or or Miami. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Miami has whom this week? So Miami gets to play the Jets. That should, okay. again, in theory, be a great matchup. The 49ers mm-hmm. get to play the Jags. Again, in theory, should be a great matchup. All of these really should be good matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you feel confident in piling on Matt Ryan, or do you want to shift elsewhere? I I would... Oh, God. I, I, I would go either Patriots or Niners. I... For some reason, Miami's defense has not been performing like they were last season. We saw them be fairly dominant. Uh, they've they've kind of stepped back from that for some reason. So of, of the three, I would say Miami would be my third choice. Uh, but if I didn't pick one between the Patriots or the Niners, I'd probably pick the Patriots. I mean, they're a very opportunistic defense right now. And I feel like they will get to Matt Ryan and force him to make bad mistakes. So that the Patriots, final answer. Yeah, and it's a Thursday night game. Thursday night games just historically are always trash for offenses. It, it never works out. Like, don't I, I try not to start my Thursday night offensive players if I can help it because it seems like it's always bad mojo there. So I agree. I would say Patriots are my pick out of that bunch as well. So Patriots and anybody but Allen Robinson for a wide receiver. If you're desperate, if you have to, okay. But I, I would much prefer somebody else. So a follow-up. Just looking to pick up some solid bench players, maybe Shepard or Tyler Boyd. I think either one of those would be fine. Yeah, well, if Shepard plays, you know, if he's a lock to start, then I'm I'm going with uh, Sterling Shepard there, because in like the five games he's actually gotten to play, he gets peppered with targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I know Saquon is fingers crossed supposed to be back this week. Here's hoping uh, to actually start. Whether he plays the whole game, we'll we'll have to see. Um, but I think that offense in general should be okay this week. So yeah, I'm comfortable with Shepard. Okay, great. Well, there you go, Hollywood. Hopefully we answered your questions to suffice you. So any last things, Jake here before we uh, head out for the, uh, this week? Yeah, man. One thing I want to do, I want to lay this beer bet down. No, oh, we do uh, have the beer bet. Yeah, I, I didn't put, I know you want to gloss over it because, uh, you know, your track record. <laughs> And all, but there's a couple of really in, in, enticing matchups, and I, I didn't uh, put one down. I'm going to do Najee Harris versus Austin Eckler. So Pittsburgh, the Chargers, they get to play each other this week. Who do you want out of that duo? We're doing PPR points? Yeah, we're, we're full PPR points, just total at the end of the day. 
Oof. Give me. I got to stick with Eckler. He's been my boy all season long. I've been riding him in a couple of leagues. I got to stay with him. He's just been too good. I'll take it because Najee, he's the guy I'm riding in my home league right now. That's That's <laughs> been giving me all the good feels. So I love that. I think that's uh, the closest matchup I could find on the slate this week, honestly. I think they're going to be neck and neck. So, all right. Well, we'll pick this back up next week and see how terribly one of us failed. Mm-hmm. Which one of us will fail uh, fairly dramatically, I, I feel like. It's going to be one or the other. Yeah, it's going to be not like gonna be 30 close. points to four. It's going to be Probably. something obnoxious like that. Uh, this is your weekly reminder. Uh, go out and check your waiver wire for drop players. We've only got two teams on by this week, but two teams with a lot of fantasy points. You've got Denver and the Rams, so don't start anyone on those two teams. Jake, tell the folks where they can find you out there in the universe they can find me on twitter at jake trowbridge and you can find the show at drinking fantasy we are open our dms are open for all of our our no all of yours hours questions hours send send your drunk trades yes please send those in we love them or if you have any other start sit questions trade questions general life questions we're here for you our dms are always open uh go find us out there um as i said the show handle is at Drinking Fantasy. Jake's at Jake Trowbridge, and I am at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.